Is just a distant memory for you? Yeah. It was very weird to be part of a whole family that was praying it wouldn't rain for the day. It was an inner conflict going on there. What are you talking about? We want to pour rain. <laughs> it did lighten up enough. It was an outdoor, beautiful outdoor wedding, so it was our privilege to be part of that. But I'm glad to be back. And before we even get into the fall, I just want to, again, I know I've said it before, but I want to thank Dana again for all the preaching she did this summer through that Ephesians. That was brilliant. Very thankful for her and all the load she took. And now you'll hardly ever hear from her up front <laughs> because we've given her so much work to do during the week. But it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Hey, every, every fall, we try to step back and take a few weeks to just remember because we've been everywhere over the summer, right? Been here and there and going places. And, and we try to just take a little bit of stock of who we are and where we're at as a church. Like, what are we all about? And so we're doing that for, for a few weeks. And, uh, and, and today we start. I love movies that feature big, awesome teams. You know what I'm talking about? Really, maybe it's an ensemble cast. Um, I like uh, Apollo 13 for that. It's one of these movies where people um, from both those up in the space module as well as down in, down in Houston around, and they're, they're all uh, functioning as this awesome team where they're bringing their different gifts into the mix to try to get these men home. Amazing story, true, true story. Uh, of course, there, you, you can't talk about ensemble casts and awesome teams without talking about Ocean's Eleven because those guys rock. And they bring their individual gifts into the mix and, and, and let's be honest, pull off an amazing heist. Uh, and then, and, and no, no movie compilation about teams we complete without mentioning, of course, the Avengers. Because, now that's just an awesome team, isn't it? Oh, come on. Some of you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. To complete the mission, each person or superhero brings their something, their something special to the team, and together they achieve the impossible. They complete the mission. Did you know the church was just like that? Minus the big green guy in the back, but you know, we're still looking for him. Did you know the church was just like that, that every follower of Jesus has been uniquely gifted for God's mission? You and I have been called by God and included on his team, part of his ensemble cast, so that together we can do the work that God has given us. However huge or however impossible, however daunting, however difficult it may be. In the letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul, he said this. He said, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And then in another one of Paul's letters, he said, now to each one, he's talking about each member of the body of Christ, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit, and different versions will say gifts of the Spirit, various things. Manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What's this common good that Paul's talking about? Really quickly, I think two things at least. First, we experience God's goodness when we use the gifts that God has given us to serve others and to serve in the body. We discover that there's incredible joy at being used by God, that God wasn't actually kidding when he said that he had created us and created good works for us to do in advance. 
And that when we're doing what God has made us to do, when we're serving in the mission he's given us to complete, whether it's, even when that's difficult and that's hard and that's sacrificial, there's incredible joy and incredible significance in that service. And the other way that it, you know, it's good for us is as we serve, we actually grow in ways that would not have been possible outside of serving. That there's actually change and transformation that God wants to do in us that he can only do in us when we are actually using our gifts to serve. Things that can't happen in us unless we do that. So part of that common good is the goodness we experience in our lives. But second, others experience God's goodness when we use our gifts to serve. You know, all the teaching in the Bible on spiritual gifts, all the instructions we're given about serving others can be summed up in this sentence. Listen to this. God wants to show his goodness to others through you. You hear that? God wants to show his goodness to others through you. And these gifts that God gives us, they're tools, not toys. And they're given to us, and they're given to all the church, they're given to us by the Holy Spirit, so that each one of us, without exception, as followers of Jesus, can build up and help the church of Jesus grow. Now this is review for lots of you. I get that. Some of you are spiritual gifts, blah, 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 blah. Heard it. There's the preacher again saying things that I've heard before. I get that. That probably happens to some of you a lot. But there's some others of us, maybe this is a newer idea, the idea of spiritual gifts, the idea that I have spiritual gifts, the idea that I'm, I'm somehow part of this mission and I'm supposed to contribute to it. That might be newer to you and I encourage you to dig into that and dig in some of the great teaching in the Bible, particularly from Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. If you want more on that, you can talk to me. But here's the facts. Many followers of Jesus treat their gifts like toys or trinkets, but not tools. Something that they enjoy having, something that looks pretty on the shelf, but not something that gets banged up on the work site. You know what I'm saying? Or they know it's a tool, but they prefer the way it looks hanging in the tool belt rather than learning actually how to use this thing that's a bit of a mystery to me, but I got it for my you know, present I'm not sure what it is, but I've got to figure out you know, that kind of tool. Do you have any of those tools or just me? It has tools I'm not sure what to do with or even what they do. But learning how to use these tools that were given to us for the sake of the body of Christ. You know, it was Nikki Gumbel from Alpha who said that the church can often be like a football game. 45 people desperately in need of rest, being watched by 20,000 people desperately in need of exercise. I think when he said football, he meant soccer, but I said, oh, yeah, let's, let's figure out what CFL is. So I asked Brooke Andrusik for a picture from his latest uh, game on the September long weekend. There you go. When it comes to serving, I've heard a lot of excuses. The reality is we're not this kind of a church. We're not the kind of church where it's 45 people watching or working while 20 other thousand people watch. We all got to get out on the field. We know this. And this, as we begin the year, we're talking about that. I've heard a lot of excuses why people don't want to serve or can't serve. And so I thought, just for fun, this may not be fun for you at all, but it is awful fun for me. Uh, I, I thought I'd tell you the top ten things I hear or excuses why, why people don't serve. Okay, here we go. This is, if this is not funny to you at all, know that it's very cathartic for me. Okay, so the first one I hear, first excuse I hear for why I don't serve is, I don't know how to serve. I don't know how to serve. As in, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I understand that. Here's the deal. A little bit of secret sauce for you. You actually only learn how to serve by serving, right? So you actually only learn how to do these things by availing yourself and saying, 
I don't really know what to do. I don't really know how to do it, but I'm going to show up. I'm going to be the gift that, to this ministry or this area or this person, and I'm going to let God help me figure out how to serve. You learn to serve by doing this. You're teachable as you're open, as you let God bring into that. Second reason I hear, I'm not sure where I can serve or where I am needed. In other words, I'm a bit uninformed. I kind of shuffle in. I listen to a message. I kind of go to things here and there, but I don't really know where service is needed. Well, that solution we are going to provide for you this morning. And if at any other point you are thinking, I'd love to serve, but I don't know where to serve, I have a very simple thing for you to do. Ask. No, really. Ask. Are you giving me a five-minute warning? Thank you. I timed this thing, and I'm going to come in under. I'm out. Maddie. Number three. My life is crazy right now, and so I can't serve. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. God has given each one of us responsibility to serve and the gifts to do it. Not serving in the body of Christ is actually not an option for a follower of Jesus. Now, we understand that there are seasons of life that dictate how that service goes. We get it. Like, we're people of grace. We get that. But not serving is not an option. I'd like to suggest for you that if your life is too crazy to serve in some way in the body of Christ, your life is too crazy. It's out of order. Something needs to shift in your life. And that hard, that's hard. I'm not, well, I'm not minimizing that at all. But there needs to be some shift because serving in the body of Christ is one of the only ways that we grow as people and we grow the body of Christ. We need you serving. Fourth reason. I tried serving before and I had a bad experience in ministry. I want you to know I get that. That there's been times where you were thrown into ministry, you were unsupported, worse than that, given responsibility, and then the things you did, you were criticized or cast down or marginalized, whatever. I get it. That's hard. That's brutal. I want to tell you that the only way to redeem that experience is actually going back into service, into an area where you're going to be supported, you're going to be loved, and that's what we want to do. Fifth reason. I feel like I need someone to serve me and I don't have anything to give. Well, I understand that too. And yes, we do want to serve you. And, and there are times in your lives in particular where you really do need to serve. But I want to tell you something. Even in a place of great brokenness, even in a place where you feel like you have nothing to give, you have, you have something to give. You have yourself to give. You have ways of engaging people and coming alongside them. I just want to encourage you, even if you feel you're in a place where you have nothing to give, that God through you wants to share his goodness with others. Sixth, I'm not a good enough Christian to serve. I just want to ask you, did you see the 12 guys that Jesus picked to follow him? Did you? Did you catch what some of their backgrounds were? And I get that some of you may feel like, well, I'm not a good enough Christian. I'm not strong enough. And again, I'm going to tell you that one of the key ways that God wants to grow you and strengthen you and make you stronger is in service. Seventh, I've already done my time. I want you just to feel for a pulse here for a second. Everyone, feel for a pulse. Come on. Everyone. Are you feeling a pulse? If you feel a pulse, your time's not done. I mean it. Again, like the seasons of life, you're, you, the way you function in ministry and the things you offer shift. We understand that. But until you're dead and we are throwing dirt on top of that casket, you're not done. Now, I'm serious. Because there's lots of amazing things we need from those of you who are in your twilight years and prayer being a huge part of that. Eight. I've never been invited to serve anywhere. Today is your day. I'll go on. Number nine. I don't know what my gifts are and I can't serve until I know what they are. No, that's not true. 
You actually get in and serve and you find out what your gifts are in service. It's kind of like learning how to serve, learning what your gifts are. Often they don't come for a while. That's just true. As you serve in obedience, God leads you and develops tools in you. Gifts. And number 10, I didn't know there was a need. Well, there is need. There's great need. And this morning we're going to be highlighting six key ministry areas that have you know, a variety of needs within them. But there's two ministry areas where we are at critical need in our community. Children and youth. Now, that might not seem, that seems like old hat to you, like isn't that the one they always need? But I'm telling you right now, we are in critical need. As we look at the year 2017, 2018, we need 80 people signing up to serve in our children's ministry. We have five committed. Five. Five. And youth ministry is just growing. We're seeing, but we're not seeing, we're seeing some challenges there as well. And I'm just telling you flat out, those are two critical areas of need in our community Youth and children are the heart of Jesus' mission and the heart of our mission to help people find and follow Jesus. And so I'm telling you, an area of critical need, those are two of them. And as you hear about them today, you're going to find out, well, there's an area where you can serve. None of those excuses actually add up. If God gave us gifts for the express purpose of serving others, if he prepared in advance good works for us to do, and then he gave us his Holy Spirit so that as a church we could disciple all nations, then brothers and sisters, none of these excuses hold water. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well, and they're given so that we can see the church grow. Everyone is gifted to serve. And as we use our gifts to serve, we experience God's goodness and we share God's goodness with others. Now listen, as a leadership team and as a staff team, we've been given the responsibility by God and by you to help this church live worthy of the calling we've received. Our mission as a church, as you've already heard, has not changed. It's, we are committed as a church to help people find and follow Jesus, and everything we do aims at that goal. But we realized that in order to really do that, in order to help people find and follow Jesus, we need to be growing in maturity and increasing in our commitment to his mission, that that's kind of where we're falling down. And so we need to ask the question, and this is what we did, we asked, what's going to help us as a community? What's going to help our people, our church, really grow in maturity in Christ and increase in our commitment to the mission of Jesus? What can we do as leaders and as pastors? What can we do to effectively disciple and teach and lead all of us to fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us? And so after a lot of prayer and preparation and months of planning, we settled on two primary actions. Each of them are designed, not one fits one, one fits the other, that may look like that, but each of them are designed to catalyze spiritual growth and to maximize missional commitment. What are these two things? We want everyone in the Erickson Covenant Church who calls this family home to serve on a ministry team. We think that's critical. We think it's only as you serve that you will then grow in maturity and increase your commitment to his mission. And to find out what that looks like for you. It's going to look different. We're going to find out what that looks like. And then second, we want everyone in our community to engage in some kind of community Bible study, some kind of community scripture engagement. And this fall, we're offering three of them. We're offering Alpha on Wednesday evenings, which will be an opportunity to both serve on a ministry team as well as participate and bring friends, as well as two Mark studies, Gospel of Mark studies, one on Thursday morning and one on Thursday night. They're the same study, so you choose one, not, not, not both because that would be really intense. But today, we're focusing all about serving together. Focusing on this challenge we have to be the people of God with tools in our belts ready to use to build the kingdom. 
we are inviting everyone here this morning to serve on a ministry team. And so we're going to make this morning and this message super ultra practical. So practical, in fact, that some of you are going to hate it. And the rest of you are going to love it. Because I want to welcome you this morning to the Erickson Covenant Church Ministry Speed Dating. Dana is going to take over. That's right. How many of you have been at a speed dating event 